0: that's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media industry experts, innovators,
1: innovators creators, creators, storytellers, and the latest social media tools,
0: tips, and
1: tactics. This is Social Media News Live.
2: Got it
0: hello folks welcome to social media news live i'm jeff c and you're
2: not and i'm connor brown and this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening
0: in the world of social media and more have you ever pondered the magic behind storytelling enhanced by technology well we have a guest who does just that and if you've been curious about how ai can elevate the narrative of a tale or maybe you're interested to understand the blend of creativity and artificial intelligence in content creation. If those thoughts have sparked your interest, then you are about to embark on a captivating journey. Today, we're ecstatic to introduce a guest who has seamlessly woven these elements together, Jason Knapp, the visionary behind Here with the Magic has helped harness the power of AI to craft some immersive experiences that resonate globally and Jason will infl- unfold his story, his discoveries and his innovative approaches to merging technology with storytelling. So sit back, clear your schedule, clear your mind and let's get ready for this week's episode of Social Media News Live. Jason, my friend, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, and if you don't know Jason, make sure you guys go back and watch his, uh, or or listen to his episode that we did earlier this year. You really should because he's an amazing guy. He's the founder and visionary behind Here with the Magic, a multi-channel platform that provides immersive and calming experiences set primarily in the world's most beloved theme parks. Leveraging his eclectic background, Jason is a self-taught creator and he's channeled his lifelong passions into creating content that aims to bring joy, comfort, and connection to audiences across the globe together with his dedicated team he has cultivated a devoted community of viewers listeners and supporters who regard here with the magic as their personal escape from everyday stresses it really is amazing channel so make sure you guys go check that out jason once again thank you my friend for being here well, it's my pleasure, especially after that introduction. So I was thinking earlier, uh, Jason has actually seen me at like my best and at my worst. So like my best is when I'm like speaking at Momentum or Social Media Marketing World, I think is where like we first met is mm-hmm. I think where we did it. And then at my worst, like waiting for my turn at the buffet on a cruise ship because I can get <laughs> ha- hangry. So if I, I remember actually, correctly, I think I was
1: exercising and you were, were dining and, and I was point, yeah, pointing was, at me. Exactly right. It was,
0: it was great yeah. entertainment to watch you walk, go around laps yeah, while I was eating. Down. I actually did my first cruise with Jason and his wife. Well, my wife was there too because that would have been weird. But um, <laughs> that was a lot of fun. And speaking of that, because one of the things Jason does, and you guys really do have to go check out the Here with the Magic YouTube channel because I want to talk a little bit about some of the content that he's created. Um, he had the 360, uh, no, it was a 180 sunrise of – on my first cruise he was there as well he was doing uh, some video work and i was able to go back with my oculus and watch that sunrise again on youtube uh it was just really really cool he's got some 360 stuff that he's done i was watching um like the japanese pavilion over at epcot which is one of my favorite spots and that was actually 360 and i was telling him before i was like I was, it became a thing like, where is Jason hiding? Cause he's not on camera. The camera is just sitting there and I'm like, are you leaving the camera just sitting there and going off in the park, riding Tron or something? I don't know. So uh, anyway, that was a fun little thing. So what other stuff do you have on your channel? Cause we're going to be talking about this AI and immersive technologies and all that stuff today. What other kind of things, I mean, your, your choose your own adventure is amazing. What's some other things that you have on there?
1: Well, I think, you know, it's a balance of, uh, we primarily started as VR oriented videos so 360 as you as you uh, were talking about as well as the 380 sorry 380 that's not even a thing the <laughs> 180 3d um which which actually has a, a kind of a strong following but mm-hmm. um the quality of it isn't my favorite so we haven't done as much of that i'm um, hoping that that the technology advances and we can get back into that a little bit more um but, but you know it, tr- the idea behind everything we do is bringing people into these spaces as as immersively as possible. And so not just through video, but also through audio. So even the traditional videos, and there's scores, hundreds, right. hundreds actually of, of traditional videos, so you can watch them on your TV, on your computer, on your, on your device. Um, even those, uh, in long, unless they have music uh, accompanying them, they're almost entirely also recorded in binaural sound as well, so you can, feel as if you're there from an audio standpoint and then of course we extended that into soundscapes which is the podcast the weekly podcast again immersing people in this in this sort of you know ambient sounds of our happiest places uh and that can be found on youtube as well through their uh
0: yeah so i was looking at some of those the soundscapes um Mm -hmm. and it's almost like it's not asmr which is you know a big thing but it's very immersive no it's not let me rub my beard on them. Um, What there are actually two channels like that. I I could be big. Um, What, what um, is that binaural sound? What explain to people what that is compared to just like slapping on your headphones and listening to music.
1: Well, give like in terms of my understanding of it, cause I'm not going to get into the science that would be Fred Abley's area. (laughs) Um, It's, it's essentially, it sounds like you're actually there and that means um you know it's recorded in stereo but it's recorded using microphones that actually sit in the ears and i know that sounds weird um but it is it's what you have to do because of this and because of the spatial sort of the distance in in how each stereo you know the stereophonic recording happens it just creates kind of recreates the the really the sound as if you were there. Um, and so the technology isn't that advanced. It's been around for decades and decades and decades, but for whatever reason, it's it's not heavily used. And that is different than what you'll, you'll hear people talk about ambisonic sound. You'll hear people talking about like surround sound. These are all different technologies right. they, they and so the surround sound you have in your house is very different than ambisonic, which is very different than binaural. Binaural is really focused on, um, presenting sound
0: as if you would hear with your ears naturally. Mm. So you're actually going around the parks with microphones in your ears to record this? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. I did not. And Zach. Oh, and Zach does it too. Hopefully you clean them between the things. Well, they're not the same headphones.
1: (laughs) Thank goodness. (laughs) But um, yeah, he tends to go to the places that uh, are a little, you know,
0: more difficult and that I I don't want to go to. Yeah. I get it. So Fred says that means you're thinking someone's actually behind you and they aren't. I mean, it's really incredible to listen to. And I and I really like I have some apps that I use like Brainwave and stuff like that. Uh, but I like listen to the soundscapes because it one, it's you know, it's it's nostalgic because it brings me back and you hear some of the music. I mean, it's just it's really cool. So if you guys are fans of the park or just like ambient sounds to work by, you need to check out Jason's podcast, The Soundscapes, and it's it's really, really cool. So all right, I just wanted to tell people before we got started you know some of your background some of the stuff that you offer because i think it's really cool but let's jump into this ai stuff um Mm -hmm. because i know you nerd out about it i'm a nerd about it too and we have a lot of (laughs) friends in the audience who nerd about this as well so so how can you how do you believe like because you're a big storyteller you use technology to tell your you know soundscapes and your vr you're using these tools to actually do storytelling. So how do you believe AI can enhance storytelling, especially with this immersive experiences like here with the magic?
1: I I think you have to remember for us, I'm primarily focused on delivering authentic experiences, which doesn't seem to square with the use of AI, right? But so why haven't directly used AI to enhance the final Product mm-hmm. storytelling, to, uh, so to speak. I I think there's still tremendous potential in the realm of AI for the creative process and post production. That's and that's how I experience it. That's how I use it. So it's, it assists with brainstorming, um, providing creative insights, optimizing post production workflows, like you know from thumbnail th- thumbnail creation to video stabilization, reframing, scene detection, and then of course the audio remixing piece as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the integration of AI makes, just makes a lot of the work much more efficient. Yeah. And so that allows creators, you know, to dedicate more time to the actual like creation of the storytelling piece, the essence of the storytelling. And so I think as I, I, AI technologies advance, I think there's definitely more potential for direct enhancement of the narrative, um. I, you know, I think, and we'll talk about this a little, I think a little later, like tailoring content dynamically based mm-hmm. on viewer behavior or based on your preferences and that sort of thing. But in terms of bringing it back to what we do, it's all about using AI as part of the production process, not to be confused with using AI to actually create content.
0: Right, right. Well, just for example of of stuff that has advanced even in the stuff that I've done is like a lot of the video stuff where, you know, like the wire work, when you have like something that you're trying to take out of a video. um, I had like a spot on a mirror when I was doing, I did a little uh, affiliate thing and I was able to take AI and erase that and it would, it followed the frame and cleaned it all up, which before I would have to rotoscope hours worth. And I was thinking like, even with your 360 stuff. Like, pretty soon you'll be able to say, like, just take out that shadow of the tripod so it's super immersive. Or that that middle section where all the 360 has where the tripod is, you know, the or little watermark or whatever. That walks into the frame.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Eating ice cube. <laughs> And you could do that now to a certain extent, like you mentioned taking the spot off of the right. mirror or, 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 whatever, um, which incidentally, which tool did you use for?
0: I use for After Effects. It? I use After okay. Effects and, yeah. and they they have a beta thing. Yeah.
1: So, so it works really well, especially for the, the generative fill. Mm-hmm. Um, so where you have a small space and where you're not moving the camera around a lot, it works great. Um, where it, it also works great with, 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 moving frames and and more complex video as well. It's just the processing time right. can really kill you. And so um, for our application, it's it's a little more difficult. I, I've played around with um, the technology a little bit. We had a video, um, it's, this is a non-Disney video, which we do a lot of, which a lot, you know, people don't mm-hmm. know, but there's a lot of um, non, non-Disney related videos out there as well uh, from some of my favorite spaces. This one, in particular being at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. And in this, it is just a perfect scene. You know, it's like the lighting's perfect. The, the birds are flying by almost on cue. Everything's great. But then you have this dude who just kind of walks through right. the scene. Connor. I mean, he's a pedestrian. Right. I know, he, it's like- My apologies. I thought he was AI, but then he actually shows up and I'm like, okay. Right. <laughs> so, I, so I played around with trying to remove that person and it works. But the time it takes to, to like, to do it and process it and, and like, and reframe things so that the generative yeah. refilling works properly. Because basically what the AI is doing is taking everything around it from the frames preceding and after, and it's filling in that space that you're trying to, you know, right. brush out essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it can do it. It's just, it's still not quite there for the level of authenticity we have. And then, you know, and I think for me, it's also about balancing again, the authenticity with the story that we're trying to tell, the feeling that we're trying to convey. Right. right? So sometimes it's just better to leave it, to leave it in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And those tools are getting better. Like they're getting better and faster. Like I keep getting updates from Adobe. I'm like, really? Wow. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, Nick Nimmin, who is our guest last week, had a bunch of stuff about shooting video with AI. He has a one out right now that shows how he's actually doing video and he's changed his backgrounds to all these. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's just amazing. The stuff that you can do now. So make sure you check that out and check out that episode, but go ahead and Connor. Yeah. So I love the, the notion
2: that, you know, AI can help us be more creative, not necessarily take away our creativity, um. But I think that there are some ways that that AI can probably enhance maybe engagement or user preferences. Um, you talked about like creating thumbnails. Thumbnails are very specific to your audience. The, the person you want to click on that video, the thumbnail has to speak to them. Um, and there's probably other ways. So, so Jason, what ways do you think AI can help in tailoring that content to an individual user and maybe even helping to increase engagement? Uh,
1: I think that, I think there's tremendous potential <laughs> you know, in its capabilities. Yeah. I think that um, in terms of analyzing user interactions and their feedback and viewing patterns to suggest content that might more deeply resonate with an individual viewer and their tastes and their interests. Um, I think it offers the possibility of creating interactive experiences where elements as said before, like are dynamically altered based on their preferences. Um, I I think AI could also help us understand like which portions of the content are more interesting. This is something YouTube used to do with their 360 videos. They don't do it anymore, which is really unfortunate. I think there was some creep concerns, like creepy concerns because they would track, you could track in a 360 video in a VR environment, like where somebody was looking. For example, and you would get that data back about what they were actually paying attention to, which was actually really helpful to know. Because for me, it, it, it validated this belief that I had that people aren't really looking behind them very much in 360 videos. So oh, yeah. that's why yeah, you yeah, went that, to 180. That's why, well, because 180 is it allows for the 3D uh, right. processing, which which provides a more immersive experience. So there, so yes, yeah, so, but they don't do that anymore. Um, But I think there is data to be, you know, to be had there that allow that would allow us to uh, refine the strategies for maximizing engagement. Right. Right. Um,
0: And the personalization pieces, I think, is going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. And I I want to dive into that in just a second. But um, one of the things is our friend, uh, Dustin, who is the creator of Magi, which is a great app uh, and (laughs) that we've all played with. He says, I can't believe I'm late to this conversation." You're good, man. You're good. Uh, But there's another question from uh, Jim, our friend Jim over at watching YouTube. He goes, and this is a great question. Like, what is the difference between and he's kind of being silly, but I I understand what he's asking. Difference between AI and a serious group of people brainstorming during a session. So yeah, that, that's a fantastic question. And I think that
1: the difference is, um, are there's a lot of differences. Uh, and I think that the most obvious difference is that you need a large group of serious right. people who have contextual awareness and also come, if that makes sense. I know it froze up there for a second. Say it again, say it, say your okay, last part I know again. I it froze up yeah. there for a second. Like the, I, well, the, I think the biggest part for me is that you, they're not emotionally invested. AI is not emotionally invested in yeah. the outcome of a conversation, right? So the brainstorming piece of this, um, yeah, you can get, I think, probably better results with a group of contextually aware people who are also creative, um, but you have to get them together. You have to, you know, you have to actually have a conversation. Um, it's not, you know, it's not always, you're not always able to do it in real time. And AI allows a creator to basically have that conversation with a group just like them, but also you can flip a switch and make it not like them, right? Like, Hey, give me counter arguments. Give me, um, tell me the things I'm not thinking about uh, give me, you know, other, uh, other approaches to this. And, and I I jokingly, okay, not jokingly, seriously, this is going to, this is a little embarrassing. Um, I have a conversation. I have various conversations that have labels. And one of which is a conversation that I had with Steven Spielberg, of course, not real Steven Spielberg, right? Like AI Steven Spielberg, (laughs) but is the idea was saying, look, I'm trying to storyboard this, trying to like come up with a way to approach Presenting this information, how would how would you do it, Steven Spielberg? Like knowing, right, all the things that you know, and it kind of goes through the process. Is it the same as having conversation with Steven Spielberg? Of course not, but
0: it's better than nothing. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it's pretty interesting, and then, and to be able to switch it to a different person or a different vantage point, um, that is extremely powerful from a creative standpoint. And then, you know what? I can say, you know what, Steven, I'm not going to take your advice. And I don't, and I don't have any kind of career jeopardization from that.
0: Yeah. That that, see that kind of workflow to make you a better creator, I think is what people miss. They, they get, they get thrown into the thing of like, I've got to, you know, it's stealing content or it's not really you, or it's going to take over and kill us all like Skynet there. There's some of these other subtle things that if you can, think creatively about how to use it for creativity you you can kind of get ahead of the pack connor you had a follow-up question
2: it's not so much a follow-up question but i i think this is just a good talking point and It is so true. This is how it can enhance our creativity and help us as creatives. I also just want to kind of point out last week thereabouts, Google had a bit of a algorithm um, um, update, which they kind of do frequently. This wasn't a big one, but I think a big component of this new update was they started de-optimizing or, you know, putting pages down in their search results that were only AI created. There's a lot of blogs, a lot of websites out there that you feed.
0: Oh, is everybody gone?
2: I'm here. Nope. I, I'm totally I
0: thought the AI kicked out for a second. Yeah, <laughs> Conor's yeah, got yeah. Yeah. The that. That They don't like is. you talking
2: so about them. Google doesn't. They're, they're you know, they are monitoring all this stuff. So, I, you know, this isn't a replacement for creativity. This is, this is an enhancement to our own creativity.
0: So, right. On this note, I want to because this is, I want to sh- share the, the like workflow because this is really, really practical. So, we just did a five uh, part deep dive into podcasting. Um, and we did that. I had all different guests and we talked about podcasting. And what I had did, I did at the beginning of that is I said, you know, I brought it to, uh, to AI, use uh, Dustin's tool and some other things. But I said, hey, go research these people as guests, right? Tell me what they, they're good at. Don't inter, interlap any of the content and give me five topics for shows, okay? So it broke those down. I liked some of them. I didn't like some of them. Okay, cool. And then I was able to, you know, merge that together. Another time I had the deal casters on, which are uh, Chris Stone and Jim Fuse. And I said, I had messaged them. I said, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? And they both came back with two different things. Like, I'm like, oh, crap. And so what I did, is said, hey, AI, Take these and help me merge them together and make good questions and a good show flow from it and then I can take out parts or whatever, but that saved me so much time and it made a better show and it's just those kind of things like asking Stevens to Spielberg or you know you know I just that kind of stuff I think is so so very cool um, anyway so uh, Dustin has an answer to he's you know he knows it all better than the rest of us but he goes answer to Jim's question. It's capacity, no matter how big the group, there's still a limited amount of creativity. And if you keep asking the question, you know, the group's going to get hacked off at you and like kick you out. So, you know, sometimes AI, you can just keep going. Like you can just keep going like, oh, let's refine this a little more. Let's refine this a little more. And they don't get mad most times. That's I, Look, and, and that
2: can't
1: be, I mean, I, I joke about it a lot, but it can't be overstated that that the lack of emotional uh lack of emotional uh investment is really key to this thing and what i found is i have i also get very different ai personalities not because i ask for them which i do sometimes as i said but because the way i'm res- responding to and the context of that conversation generates it's am i frozen again uh, we're back. I don't know okay, what's good.
0: going
1: on. Yeah. It, I think that it's important to recognize that, they, that the lack of emotion in AI uh, in terms of their inve- its investment in, in what you're doing uh, is, is actually a positive because you can ask it to refine, you can ask it to refine, you can ask it to refine, and it's not going to get upset about reworking it. Right. right. normal. It's, it's normal. It's, it's human. It's very human to be annoyed when somebody comes back and says, Hey, I need you to do this again or do it differently or start all over. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So in this final kind of part of this, the section where we're talking about like AI and storytelling and engagement, like how do you envision with these advancements in AI, like user interactivity and personalization in your immersive experiences? Like what, how will you, as this develops, other than like asking Spielberg how to, you know, do this shot, you know, how would how do you think this will, you know, interact what you're creating as a content creator? All
1: right. So from the you know, from the viewers standpoint, uh, I I think that uh, I mean, Chris By mentioned this, uh, he mentioned Apple's being super intentional about not providing eye tracking uh data on the vision pro i am super excited about apple's vision pro coming out Um, i think it it has incredible prospects for immersive storytelling and the vision pro in my opinion uh is i I think it's gonna be a game changer in how content isn't just viewed but how it's lived so like for here with the magic um i think there will be opportunities where our choose your own adventure type videos for example become a standard offering just unparalleled interactivity. Um, Our morning minute style videos, uh, if you're familiar with those could be transformed into like full fledged, immersive experiences. So imagine like sitting in the center of a morning minute video, like where your living room becomes the beach at Crescent Lake, for example. Um, Like that's, that's near future stuff. And so I think that the vision pro's capabilities are going to allow us to tailor content that's um not just in terms of that immersive nature, but I think also based on real-time parameters like the viewer's location, the time of day, or even their self-reported emotional state. Right. Um so if it knows that it's evening, you know, maybe it's going to serve up, you know, offer up or suggest videos that are also in the evening, you know, to kind of get you ready for oh. kind of winding down and that sort of thing. Um I think that that level of personalization and interaction that I think that ushers in this new era of content that is like more deeply resonant and contextual and just incredibly engaging. Like, I think that that's, I mean, that's the direction we're going in R- like real soon. And I'm also excited to see, because it's an Apple product, I'm also excited and hopeful that we'll see some new tools within iOS devices like you know, iPhones um, that also helped content creators capture things that can be can be used in the vision pros as well mm.
0: yeah that, that comment by chris he said you know them not being you know they're not going to keep that data but that eye tracking from everybody i've read on the the demos who have done it they say it's so seamless and it's like so what i was thinking like with your choose your own adventure like if you could have that choose your adventure and just look to that path and then you start following that path i mean that to me is the mm-hmm. lowest hanging fruit for yeah. something like that, like being able to walk around a park, whichever way you want, or even Google Maps for, you know, I remember the first time I put on my Oculus and I was able to just use Google Street View and walk down my old, this, the, where I used to walk to school every day. I was like, tears in my eyes. You know, it was just, a, it was that immersive and it's going to get better and better. And Apple, I mean, love them or hate them, they tend to do things right when it comes to new devices we will see but yeah we'll see well and i think also i mean playing off the google
1: street view i think you're talking about street view um technology which is which is amazing um you know one of my favorite things to do and it's just all you know it's a series of still pictures it's not video so i'm excited you know i like the video aspects of of things um but I, i love that you can dial back in time so i can go back i can you know certain areas unlike Unlike Florida, like you had California or some other areas where they have they have documented that streets view Mm -hmm. over years, Mm -hmm. and you can you know I can see what this looked like in 2012. I can see what it looks like today, Mm -hmm. near today. Um, Being able to do something like that, you know, everything we capture, not just me but everybody else who's capturing images and video within Disney Spaces and other places, they're also creating time capsules, and they're also creating you know, building on this ability to go back in time and visit these spaces as they existed previously, which you know, there's a lot of nostalgia tied to that and being able to say, hey, I want to like, for example, our the choose your own adventure videos feature a frontier land with Splash Mountain. Yeah. Right. You can't experience that anymore. And 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 you know in the future what we want to be able to do is give viewers the choice, well, which which era do you want to visit? Do you want to visit it with Splash Mountain, do you want to visit Visit, visit it with uh, Tatiana, Tiana's. I said Tatiana, right. Tiana's. So there's, I think there's a lot to be had yeah. there as well. And the Vision Pro, I think, will help. Kind of just like you said, you can look in a direction maybe, or just kind of more naturally choose
0: yeah. um, where you want to be, when you want to be. That's yeah. really cool. One of the things um, I mentioned earlier, like I was able to go back because I remember that sunrise on the Magic because it was my first cruise like it, I was, was Lumangello's trip on the magic that was the first one and I remember that sunrise and I can see it in 180 video with with your content which I think the nostalgic factor and being able that I can revisit that anytime I want it's very 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 cool and um, that and that was the whole idea I mean that is yeah. the
1: main thrust behind here what the magic was about it was it was selfish it was I want to be able to go back to these spaces when I can't be there yeah. which is most of the time and how can we do that in a way that is accessible to, to anybody without having to have, you know, VR devices. But if you have VR devices, great headphones, even better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see a lot of harmonious things on your, on your. Page. Oh,
1: I have a fan, There's okay. a fantastic okay. harmonious video okay. you're just talking about. about so our video, I, I will say this, yeah. I, I will challenge you. I think that our homo- harmonious video is better than the actual watching the show in person. And I think it's better than
0: anything Disney had put out in terms of showcasing. The harmonies. gauntlet there, has been thrown down. It. Yeah. That's right. it's, anyway, I was just giving a hard time because I knew he did not like the actual <laughs> thing, I mean, but you know, anyway, I'm not going to, this is a great question from <laughs> Fred. He goes, it is, yes, it is liber, it is literating. It is the ultimate idea of Firestarter. But this last question is like, and that is the challenge I have. How do you not get overwhelmed with all that it can help you with? So let's talk about this before we move on to the next section is that, mm-hmm. One, I, you know, it's it easy to be see the, the squirrel and go to the shiny object syndrome. But how do you, as a content creator, keep up with this stuff? Because this is the future. This is what's happening. We've got to keep going out and creating content. If you're a creator, you've got to keep doing that. you got to put out those YouTube videos. you got to make those blog contents. So how do you make time in your day, Jason? Because you're a CEO of, you know, another company. Mm-hmm. How do you take time to understand this new technology, find out where that, you know, what I need to pay attention to. What is kind of your litmus test for this stuff? (laughs) My litmus
1: test for it is, do I get more work done after I learn about it? I I think that I read a lot. I, I, you know, there's a lot of blogs that I, that I pay attention to and podcasts that I pay attention attention to. Um, I mean, you and I have conversations about it. Fred's here. We have conversations about it. Um, It is easy to get overwhelmed buy it because it's it's like the internet you can go down the rabbit hole and in, and every day there are new tools coming out and and some of which are amazing and some of which are just kind of retreads of other things that are out there already you have other products that will you know they'll say there's a third party solution that offers this amazing add on thing and then all of a sudden that you don't need it anymore because it's built into the original right. package adobe is a point as a case in point there and you also have a google um, just like today uh, or in the past week, released Duet, um, Duet AI for their workspace platform for business users. Um, so we've been playing around with that. There's a, there's so many. I I'm actually being more intentional about slowing it down in, in terms of my app, my like my adoption of things, because I'm recognizing that the technology is advancing so quickly, and creative people are doing some amazing things at integrating. Um, both in terms of plugins and add-ons, but also within original products. Um, I, things are changing so fast that I don't want to overly invest in any solution yet, because mm-hmm. I, like, I know that six months from now, it's going to be vastly different. I know that a year from now, it's going to be just incredibly different in terms of the tools that are available. And so, this is something that we not only talk about in terms of content creation, but also, like as you, as you were saying, on the kind of business side of things, we're looking at uh, practice management plas- platforms or, you know, electronic medical record systems and things and looking at integrations there uh, for trending data and business analytics and so forth. I think that you have to be careful right now because it's five years from now, it, it's a new ball game completely. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be different. Yeah, yeah. AI will be, it, it will be part of it.
0: everything we touch technologically. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to do a real quick um, shout out. So there's a, Lou's only waiting for this part of technology. He just wants to sit in the middle of your living room to be able to watch, which. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, he can do that now. He's a little, (laughs) he's (laughs) not very far. Yeah, that's a little creepy. But let me tell you, what is not creepy are my friends over at Ecamm. And they're the ones who make this show possible. Find out more about them at socialmedienewslive.com forward really, slash they, they We talked about community and I give Lou a hard time, but he's got an amazing community. A lot of his community members are here. Ecam has a great community too. Uh, we just did podcasting. You know, they're always innovating and uh, you guys got to check them out if you're not using them for live video or even presentations or podcasts. I get a-, a For Zoom. A, a, for yeah. people who
1: aren't, if you yeah. are
0: using Zoom Lou. and not using Ecamm, oh, I don't, you're not using Zoom properly. Like what yeah. are you doing? you can do all this stuff inside of zoom like i could do this exact same show inside of zoom if i wanted to be with their virtual camera you also have the isolated tracks when you're done isolated video tracks it's just it's a no-brainer if you're if you have a mac and you're creating content check out eCam at social medias forward slash eCam. anyway um on that note you know i've been you talked about like <laughs> technology is changing so fast like i've been trying to get this descript course out and it's coming out I think next week, but they keep changing everything like weekly new stuff comes out and I like get a module done. And they're like, Oh, by the way, we just bought Squadcast," And I'm like, ah, so I think your point that you just made about, you know, being focused on what you want AI to do for you instead of like all the new stuff that it can, you know, what, what do you need it for? And then kind of dive in that way because I feel your pain. So this next section, I want to talk about, Uh, And this is one of the sections we did not get to last time. Um, Maybe some tools and some practical things that you've seen. But let's talk about some, some ways AI can actually fit into the creative process for your video production, like the way you're using it now. So kind of just dive into that.
1: We talked about how, I think, you know, it, 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 it's really become this essential part of the process in terms of being a collaborative assistant of sorts so it aids in the brainstorming sessions and I mean organizing my crazy thoughts and and offering the iterations of copy ideas and things like that um in post-production uh you know there there are tools like especially those tools that are built into Adobe but other products as well that help with video stabilization reframing and the scene detection the audio selection um the audio remixing which is a big a big deal uh and it doesn't, it doesn't replace the human touch, but it supports it. Right. And and it allows us to focus more on capturing those authentic experiences. Um, and I think that it, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but I think that it, you know, for me, it's a balancing act It's it's, it's, it's not that AI is an, it's not enhancing it directly in terms of the storytelling and the final product, but it's making these contributions through like through the
2: process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Well, yeah. Let's talk about that then. Let's get, get more specific in, in how you use it with what you're doing. Um, so Jason, some instances where AI is being used in your work right now and, and how has it influenced the outcome? I also want to know, like, what's one AI thing where you couldn't imagine your life without it now that you've started using it?
1: Oh boy. Well, I think I, I, for for me, it's it's all about let's talk. Let's just focus in on soundscapes, for example, yeah. like soundscapes podcast. AI is instrumental in organizing in my thoughts and for, like for the episode intros, for example. Um, so it helps offer fresh approaches um, where I'm coming. Like right now, I'm stumbling through words, but if I'm I'm trying to come up with this eloquent way to describe a feeling I'm having. Yeah. I will, you know, I'll listen. I'll come back and listen to the soundscape um, that that we're going to put out, and then uh, I'll just make notes throughout. This is how I'm feeling. This is what it's reminding me of. This is this is the thought I want to convey. The story I want to tell about this particular thing, and it's kind of a brain dump. And then it helps me because I have a conversation dedicated to this. So it has this. It also has this contextual awareness of how we've refined things over time, right? So I'm able to then engage with it again, like a week later. And say, okay, here's the here's the new subject, and this is what I'm featuring, and this is really what I want to focus on, and this is this is kind of what I want to say, um, and then it, it helps me draft those you know the copy for that, uh, and it you know just in terms of better explaining a concept um, that I might be trying to convey, and I this is another thing I, I am increasingly using is within Adobe. Actually, I'm one of those weird people who I don't I don't love Audition. The Adobe Audition. Um, right. I, I actually use Adobe Premiere Pro for the podcast. Um, <laughs> okay. production. I know that's weird. I know it's weird. I just real comfortable with the tools there. Yeah. Um, but one of the things they have built in there is the, the remix ability. So when I'm uh, in need of, you know, finding the right, I have the right music. They, go, they spend a lot of time finding the right music for the intro and the outro, um, which is always different every mm-hmm. episode and you got to time it to the narrative. You know, I try to keep mm-hmm. the narrative to, you know, some 300 words or less typically, and then, um, but good luck finding a piece of music that is See. two minutes long, right? So, and, and historically I would spend sometimes hours, it's oh. embarrassing, and if Lou's still watching, he's gonna be shaking his head, but I mm-hmm. would spend hours um, just kind of di- dialing that in, right? Now I can I can use the remix tool and it's not always perfect. Oh, but- but it's, it's so fast. And then I can just tweak things from there in terms of making it kind of the more precise length, which is just in
0: just incredible. So I, I got to reiterate that because I, to be honest, I didn't know about it for a long time when it was out for a while. I was like, Oh, that's another tool by Adobe. Cause that was the same thing with me when I would create content, like I music is very important to me i wanted that end beat to hit just right Mm -hmm. and you would go like you would spend time like okay you'd have a great piece of music and then you have to splice it and try to make it so it sounded like the beats were together and and this thing has changed everything like how fast you can get stuff done so if you're not using remix uh, uh, it just saves you so much time and for
1: those who are just wanting quick quick you just, you find your audio in your, in, in this case is in Premiere Pro, I guess it works in audition too. And then you, you, for me, I right click it. I right click on the audio. You get the little remix option there. You click on that allow for allowing for remix, and then you just do your magic over in the, in your, uh, in your column to the, for me, it's to the right. But, um, the other thing that I use is Alphonic, which is, which is a tool that I think a lot of podcasters use, um, for, you know, sort of just, Dialing in the audio more. Now I can't. What's interesting? I can't use Alphonic for the actual major portion of soundscapes because Alphonic will, while it makes everything sound better, Alphonic will kill the binaural right. sense of things because it just you, you lose that that dimension. Um, so I can't use it for that. But I do use it for the intros and the outros, especially if you have a, a you know. An environment which might be a little bit noisy or maybe you're getting a little bit of, of feedback from your or static from your uh, microphone or something it is incredible at, at cleaning that up and sort of more standardizing the sound there mm-hmm. which again is another ai tool
2: yeah i love it i i, I use it all the time it just kind of it's like that final like is on 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 your podcast mm-hmm. um um, I don't, so I, there's, I mean, we also use it for state like
1: I, I mentioned this before for stabilization, uh, yeah. Yeah. for reframing. Adobe's got some really cool tools, uh, for, for reframing. If you, you used to be, it used to be, uh, oh, I got a video. I got to take this video. I got to f- capture this in, you know, portrait mode. I got to capture it in landscape mode. And most of the stuff we do is in landscape. And so a lot of times we forget to do it in portrait. And then it's like, oh gosh, now nah. we now, of course, cause of Instagram, which but that's a subject for another day. The um, uh, Adobe now you could say, "Oh, well, I'm going to take this video, and this is the point of the thing. This is the thing I want to make. You know, the right. focus be. And now it's going to reframe it and follow things, and it's just it's made yes. that part so much easier. I don't use it a lot because I'm not a fan of the medium, but um, it's really
0: easy for repurposing. Yeah, 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 yeah." So (laughs) Barry goes, does it, does it remove screaming kids and trash can sounds? I'm like, I don't know. So that's the thing.
1: See, that's the thing that I'm I'm looking forward to, to AI being able to help remove. I think we're, I think we're this close, right? I think we're this close to uh, AI being able to remove specific frequencies of things like, like, yeah, yeah, that kid screaming. Or the trash can God, the trash cans um the noise that the trash cans make in the in an otherwise just beautifully serene setting.
0: so i know adobe has something similar but for a podcast um when you have bad audio because i do a lot of stuff and sometimes guy goes and interviews people and they just like open up their laptop and start talking <laughs> and it's just the the audio is not the best uh descript has a thing called studio sound which just blows me away like i'm just i'm thinking like there's no way we're gonna have to record this and i'm gonna have to tell guy nope, it's not going to work. And we run it through the descript, uh, studio sound and it, and it fixes it. So I think that that, like you were saying is coming.
2: So well, let's talk talk about the future too, right? Yeah, I I know everything is changing every single day. What we have now is going to be different tomorrow, especially in the AI landscape. So Jason, I'm kind of asking you to look into this crystal ball that is impossible to look in, but Five to ten years, you know, from now, where do you see AI changing the landscape of of video creation?
1: I, I mean, I again, it's hard. Things are changing so quickly. I think it's easier to say this is where I think we'll see this is where we'll be in a year or two years, right? I, yeah, I, I think for sure it's going to allow us the creators to be more present in the moment, capturing, you know, focus on capturing that moment, and less worried about having to be, you know, concerned about the technical setup of things, right? I think it's gonna increasingly free us up from mundane aspects. Um, One of the things I'm I'm really hopeful for in the near future is that uh, just like the large language models learn, right? To to be able to learn our style from a creation standpoint so it it can start to edit like us, right? And so it's not a matter of using a tool an editing tool, but it's a matter of it actually becoming like learning how you edit because it's watching you and learning from you Mm -hmm. and then being able to start editing as -hmm. you. And I know that sounds a little creepy, but it's really no different than creating uh, macros currently and doing things like that. Right. So, um, but also then being able to make suggestions based not only on the conversation we're having, but also on the examples we point to it. So, here's here's my dream um like bring being able to bring in a raw clip or clips of videos like into adobe premiere pro for example and then tell it hey look this is what i'm looking for it to feel like and maybe i can compare it to another video that i've right. edited right like, like, this is kind of what i'm going for in terms of style um and maybe even share some music with it or ask it to Man, create some music um like uh, just just anew, um right. and then have it make those edits and adapt the music and provide scene samples, right, that I can then choose from, like I can A, B it or something and say, uh, like, I want this, yeah, this, not this, yes, this, not this. And then it refines it, just like we would in a conversation with like in ChatGPT, for example. Um, And then it applies it to the remaining part of the video. That I think we're not, my gut tells me we're actually not that far from it. It's really more about processing power, right? Like I, I have no doubt that people with like the right equipment will be able to do this very soon. Maybe are already doing it. Uh, but I think it's people who are like us who are running on Macbook pros or things that I think that's going to be a processing power thing more than more than anything. Right. Like I can currently, uh, this is something that was just rolled out relatively recently in one of the music licensing platforms. Like I can go in and upload video and it will then suggest music for that video. Um, Mm. It's what not platform per- is that? It it is. Uh, I think that's Elemental Sound. Um, okay. Yes. Yeah. But I'm using that. It's not perfect, but it's interesting. Like it gets. It did offer up some stuff that I hadn't found before, and I felt just when I thought I had like heard everything on Elemental Sound, it it was there. Soundstripe is also doing some. Has has integrated ChatGPT into its own database, so you can you can sort of have more of a conversational search. Within, uh, within that platform. And that has actually been pretty powerful too, in terms of, um, you know, instead of like checking boxes for the types of music or genres or feelings, you, you can just have, you just tell it like in a sentence, what you're looking for. Right. And it makes suggestions based on that. So I think that we're getting there, right? Um, but that's, I mean, that's where I will, from a selfish standpoint, <laughs> that's where I'd like to see things going. And then five to 10 years from now,
0: that's a long time. That's I a mean, lot of, yeah. With AI, so, it's to yeah. do it for me. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out is, um, and I'll put this in the show notes, but uh, one of the cool things about Dustin's tool, Magi, is it does let you create personas, like your own persona. So it doesn't really learn from you, like what your style is, but you can actually kind of guide it and then save that that's one of the, the cool things about dustin's tool is it like it has all these different one it uses you can use you know Claude or ChatGPT or whatever uh to switch between but also you can save a persona and use like i have a social media news live persona that i use in there which is cool it kind of gets me jump started when i ask the questions the other thing there's a tool that i just saw yesterday called in i think is their new ai thing that they're using but it actually you type in kind of a script and instead of like you know, you've seen some of those videos that are created, like, text-to-speak, text-to-video, where yeah. it has, like, their arms are, like, coming out of their head, and it's just really not there yet. This one actually goes and in, goes in, has, like, 16 million uh, stock images, and it creates a, a video based on those images. So I don't think it'd be great for just creating a whole script or a YouTube video, but getting some B-roll quickly, that kind of thing. So...
1: I, I think, think storyboarding I, I think i think yeah. from, from my standpoint like we never would never use that kind right. of technology for the final product right but i think for for generating ideas or for storyboarding it can be really helpful um and you can you know right now using either adobe firefly or um or OpenAI's yeah. ai's dahlia or uh or De- da- De- not tai De- it's a delhi De- anyway dahlia. right yeah uh, dolly thank you i have dahlia lounge on my mind um dahlia. There's uh, there's a lot of tools out there that the, the, for image generation that you can use and I have used for just sort of brainstorming purposes, not for a final product, but for right. just generating ideas and
0: things. And um, I, I th- that's only going to improve over time. Right. Mr. Fred has a great point when we were talking about like how to use AI. He goes, he agrees teachers don't become teachers so they can grade papers or nor did cinematograph- cinematographers become artists to master... Uh, you know, an editing editing tool like that's very very true. Um, uh, I agree with that, Mister Fred. Uh, and Chris says, I heard that Google Plus AI is coming. Uh, yes, I will be on the beta for that one. So will Dustin. He was there with me on uh, AI. So I said Google Plus. So that's the drinking game that Chris likes to play. <laughs> um, so let's go into this because we're talking about you know, creating and, you know, people are really interested in these tools and where it's going to be in five years. But I want to talk about like th- some of this ethics and future as like we're creating, you know, I think it was this, this month, this past month that uh, ChatGPT made it so you can opt out of them searching your website. Like there's mm-hmm. a piece of code, you can put your robots.txt. New York Times did that, which was a big news item. They took it out so that can't be searched. So there's that concern that, hey, they're scraping my content to make this content you know, I wanna get compensated, all that stuff. So as AI becomes more integrated into this creative process, we're using the tools. So what ethical considerations should should us as creators be aware of, or be thinking about?
1: I mean, I think that, uh, I think there needs to be transparency. Like I I think that AI, I think when AI plays a substantial role in the content creation, like where AI's involvement is could be considered transformative or foundational to the content itself. Um, I think it's critical to be transparent about its involvement. I think that's something people should be doing now if they're creating, if they're using AI to actually create product or to create um, experiences that are really AI, not reality. Um, I think you have to be transparent about that for sure. And I think that only in doing that are you going to be able to maintain trust with audiences and ensure that they're not misled about the origin or the authenticity of that comment. Um, I think that uh, and I, I, I think that sometimes this gets like mentioned as like, oh, uh, okay. But I think it's important to, to actually talk about it. AI's role in perpetuating biases is real. Yeah. Um, I think that AI models can inadvertently, and we, I mean, it's been shown that they can inadvertently propagate biases um, that are already present in that training data. They're scraping websites and things. You don't, you know, there's biases right. inherently in that, you know, in those posts and so forth. Um, so creators just have to be aware of this, and I think actively work against allowing AI to reinforce um, stereotypes that are harmful or biases. Um, and I think you also have to be careful about that includes the biases that the creator brings to the process, right? Yeah. So because if you're in, if you're now engaging with AI. Um, conversationally, you have to recognize your own biases and limited perspectives are also now going to be introduced and maybe even reinforced by the AI because it doesn't know any better. It's trying you know to follow your lead so to speak. Um, and I think like again back to authenticity, I think while I think while the AI can assist in the various creative tasks, um, I think it's just important that creators, the work to ensure that the core message and the the essence of the content remains authentically them, like true to their vision. Because I think it's really easy as we outsource a lot of the process to the AI, especially as it comes to like repurposing and so forth, then then you can end up having, I think, a lot of drift in terms of uh, like what the creator's vision originally was and then what the algorithm ends up like actually right. presenting, right? So um, I think, you know, and I, maybe finally, I think even if, even if AI plays a role in the creation, um, the onus is on the creator themselves to ensure that the output is going to align with like their own brand's values and their own personal values and their own ethics, right? I think that that's, that's an important piece. Don't just rely on AI or on these tools. Don't just assume like, oh, they'll, they'll fix this for me. Um, right, you actually need to play a role in being responsible in that regard too.
0: Yeah, Jim says he liked the article where uh, an attorney asked ChatGPT about the legal citations and uh, you know, and he filed it <laughs> and they got in trouble because they were actually fake. So yeah, copying and pasting stuff that that uh, AI puts out is not a good idea. You need to read it and make sure that it's good. So uh, thanks for that, Jim. That is, I remember reading that as well. So Connor, you had a last so- question. Yeah, I think for creators, it can
2: also be a simpler, slippery slope. I don't know if you guys keep getting this ad on Instagram for an app. I think it's called like just the captions app. I've never yeah. tried it, but what they're touting is, um, you can like be reading a transcript or, a uh, on your screen and it changes your eyes. So it looks like you're actually, apt- script, the script does that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's awesome. Right. It's really cool, but it's too uncanny Valley right now right you have to also consider all right well i'm i'm I'm, in the moment you're thinking well it's just changing my eyes and then the next thing you you want it to do is is that much easier to convince yourself and next thing you know it's just a total ai version of you and you're wondering how the heck did i get here it was just because of that that one little thing that kind of set you down this course and jason you mentioned you know keeping it aligned with your your brand's values and visions Especially when we have these slippery slopes in AI, how are you ensuring that that here with the magic um, and and your use of AI is is aligning with your your brand identity and values?
1: Well, I, you know, again, while we employ AI to streamline processes um, and enhance the technical quality and refine the content and so forth, it's always done with this you know unwavering focus on preserving the authenticity of the content, the authenticity of the moment. Um, so I think for us, it's a small team. And so the, we collaborate so closely, it's a lot easier to ensure that every decision aligns with my core values and the vision. Um, but I can imagine that this becomes increasingly difficult at scale, right. And where like the content creators aren't paying close attention throughout the process. But I think that that, you know, the point is you, you, you do need to have the human eyes on things. You do need to make sure you're doing final pass reviews of things or actually as frequently as possible because the iterations will, you know, it just, things move out of alignment over time. Um, and I think that there's going to be, I think because of AI, this was going to get interesting. It's almost like, you know, how all the kids are now all excited about LPs and they got all their buying record right. players. And stuff. Like, I think that there is going to be this, this interest sooner, sooner rather than later in, in authentic experiences and things that aren't overly refined, things that aren't so, so I don't, we don't want to necessarily engage with somebody who's always staring at us properly. Cause that's a little freaky anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but to know that, oh, I'm having this authentic experience because of the flaws. Um, yeah. I think that actually will, it's gonna have a lot of merit too, which gives great hope for me because of all the flaws.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're all flawed very much. Like, <laughs> some of us more than others. Um, but this is a great point by Mary. She goes, everyone's saying their job will be taken over by AI needs to figure out how AI can help them with their job and integrate that. So I think that's a using it as a tool. I think is a, a great perspective. I think some jobs will be affected. Like I would not want to be a marketing copywriter and that's all I did right now. I, that I think really- that's the next conversation we have to have, which, you know, I'm inviting myself back again, of course.
1: Sure. So you're welcome. But I think we, I think we have to talk about like, because content creation, whether you're one person or or dozens of people, it is a business of sorts, right? So, yeah. so how do you like, using AI to actually run the business side of things is its own separate domain of yeah. sorts, um, and and it plays an increasingly important role, I think, for for a lot of people.
2: Yeah, there's, there's going to be their typewriter repairman, right? Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't know. they are going to be no more. So um, before we uh, wrap this up, I want to do it because I'll be talking about this exact uh, section, you know, all this stuff and my workflows, how I do it mostly for repurposing content using AI and using that at our pal Lou Mongello's momentum, September 29th through October 1st. I think there's a couple of spots left. He caps it at 50. So if you are interested in this and so much, much more. Uh, Lou does such a great job but I'll be speaking there September 29th through October 1st I'd love to see you there you can find out more at Lou forward slash momentum but before that Jason because I, I, I we met at momentum we didn't meet but we've hung out at momentum before um, where can people find out more about you and all the stuff you're doing and y- I mean you the stuff the immersive stuff you do is really second to none uh, you guys need to follow him. You need to subscribe to him on YouTube, his podcast, all the things. Where can people find out more about the amazing Jason Kinnett?
1: They can go to herewiththemagic.com They can go to youtube.com forward slash magic. Um, same with the Facebooks and the Instagrams. Um, The uh, soundscapes you can find also on YouTube as well, but you can also find it wherever you get your podcasts to search for soundscapes by Here With The Magic. Um, Choose your own adventure, quick little uh, easy way to get there is herewiththemagic.com forward slash adventure. That'll get you there as well. Um, And uh, you probably can get more of me than you want.
0: (laughs) Never enough. So (laughs) uh, speaking of somebody who's never enough is, no, it sounded bad. That was horrible (laughs) intro. He is more than enough, is Connor Brown. Connor Brown, where can people find out more about you? Well, you can actually also see me
2: speaking at Momentum. I'll be talking on a panel about storytelling. I don't know if that influences you to go or influences you to not go, but I'll be there speaking regardless, and you should go for Jeff's session. But you can go to www.opinion.com or at www.opinion across the socials to learn more about me and all my Disney planning services.
0: Yes. So this, uh, once again, was an amazing show. Thank you guys. Uh, Greg, Mary, Jim, uh, Gary, everybody who showed up, Fred, and uh, g- gave some great comments. Let me know if you'd like us to continue this conversation with Jason. I, we're going to do it anyway. But what I'm we'd directing. like to specifically want to talk about, because I think this is going to be in the news. It's going to be a part of our lives uh, moving forward. And I think understanding this and trying to get all the nuances and the tools and all that stuff is really important. So let me know what how we could refine it to make it uh, worth the the time that you guys have spent so graciously with us uh, during this Friday. Uh, we appreciate all you and we will th- see you guys next time. Special thanks to our sponsor, Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. We all use them. Lou Mangello uses them. So many people in our audience. I know Jim and uh, Chris both use them. Uh, they're just, a, it's an incredible company. It's an incredible product. And I really appreciate them for sponsoring the show. And with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye everybody.
2: Social media news live.